God is so faithful. God is just so good. When, when Pastor Bruce was saying that, I'm thinking, I definitely married up. I did. That was my how laughed loudest. <laughs> no, I, with him, I mean, the things that God has used him to pour into my life. But then I also married up in Song of Solomon when it says, I will marry you for good. My beloved, I have definitely married up with this father, this, this groomsman that I have, my kinsman redeemer that has um, taken this journey with me, that has been a part of my life and everything. So I've been really blessed. We're talking about servanthood. Speaking of servanthood and pouring our lives out for others, Pastor Ronnie and, and uh, Pastor Margaret are in Atlanta, one of our young men who are not so young anymore. Jeff is getting, uh, Jeff Harding is getting married. And so Pastor Ronnie is down there performing the ceremony. So I'm excited for him. He has waited for the one that God has planned for him. And I, my hope and prayer would be for each of you that you would do the same. That uh, you wouldn't get in a hurry, that you would allow God to bring into your life the person that's supposed to be in your life. So that you too can stand here 47 years from now and go, God has been good to me. Amen. Stand up. Let's get into the word this morning. All right, here we go. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You have said, I know you by name, and you have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Remember that this nation is your people. The Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then Moses said to him, if your presence does not go with us, do not send us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Father, I thank you so much for your word and I thank you, Father, for your presence. Oh God, if your presence does not go before us, do not take us up from here, God. I thank you that it is your presence that distinguishes us from all other people, Father. That we are carriers of the presence of the Lord. And so, Father, I pray that today, God, that you would bring that home to each and every heart. That every spirit would go, oh God, I don't have enough of you to pour the way that I need to pour, God. So, Father, I thank you that you are here and that your word will accomplish absolutely everything that you are sending it to do. I pray they forget the things that I say that have nothing of your spirit, but everything that is of you would stand and produce fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I cannot read that passage of scripture without just it, my spirit leaping because I can tell you, and I mean it. I mean, I absolutely. I mean, I mean most of the things I say to you. <laughs> most of no, uh, but I really mean it when I go. I don't have anything to offer anybody without the presence of the Lord. 
I really have nothing of value to bring into any room if it's not the presence of God or the work of God in my life. I need his presence. I need his presence. I was talking with a friend this week and we were talking about, you know, she was considering some areas of service and she was thinking, well, maybe I'll get involved in this or maybe I'll get involved in that. And, and we were just talking about the things that, that make us serve. And, and I had just shared a red flag for me in my life is when I have no desire to serve. A red flag for me it, uh, in my own spiritual walk is when that desire to serve in his house goes away or when it becomes a burden or when it becomes heavy. That is a flag in my life that says you're not spending enough time with God. That is a flag in my life when I begin to hoard the waters of the Lord for my own sustenance and do not have enough to pour into the lives of others, that's a huge red flag for me. Does anybody else feel that? Um, I believe we should all walk in overflow. Not the band, though they're fabulous. We should all walk in overflow and being filled to overflowing is a condition that we all want to be in, right? Right? So we were just talking about that, and last week Pastor Ronnie was talking about, oh, the last two weeks we've been talking about serving, and, and he spoke about being others-centered and pouring our lives out for others. Can I tell you, I sat there and I got convicted. You know, I, 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 I like conviction. Conviction leads me somewhere. Condemnation will tear me apart. But conviction will take me somewhere with God that I need to go. And, and so I was sitting there and he's talking about pouring into the lives of others. And he's talking about doing all of this. And I, just listening to him made me tired, to be honest about it. And I was just sitting there going, God, I can't get there sometimes. God, sometimes my goal is to pour into the lives of others. And, and, and what I really want is to be able to, to minister and serve and do that. But sometimes, God, I can't get there. God, you got to show me how to get there. And I know how he gets me there. I know what he does. And, and, but I was, I was sitting there and I was convicted. And then he began to talk in uh, Psalms 84 when he said, when they pass through the valley of tears, they make it a place of springs and, and so that those that come behind can partake of those springs. And he made the statement, you know, you can't, you don't build your house on top of the well. You uncover the springs so that the people behind you can come through. And that's exactly what that passage of scripture was talking about. But what I find myself, found myself doing was I was thinking about when I was a little girl, I lived on a farm. I lived on my papa's farm and, and we didn't build our house over the spring, but we definitely built it beside the well. And we had a well house that was beside our house, and it sourced our house. It was fed by a deep spring, a deep cold spring, and it wasn't just our house that was fed by that spring. The neighbors used those same springs and that same well house, and, and I'm thinking we could not have survived without that. It supplied us. It was just it was right there and it supplied us and and I can remember my papa when Pastor Ronnie was talking about, you know, when you find a spring, you got to dig it up and, you know, you you dig it and and then you've got that spring and I'm sitting there going, but how do, how do you find a spring? <laughs> you know, what if what if 
this is what I do during sermons. Don't tell him, okay? But <laughs> this is what I do. But that's what a, a good teaching will do. It'll cause your mind to just go off in different directions and you to search out things in the scriptures. And, and uh, I can remember my papa, he and I would walk, and I was always afraid of the well house because it was dirty. And the wall, it was cold and it was dark. There wasn't a light out in it. The walls were dirt, and we all know what is on dirt walls in the dark. If Kevin were here, he would be cringing. It's like I just didn't want to go in there. And so he would talk and he would try and, you know, calm me down about things like that. And I remember talking with him. He had just found another spring. And I said, Papa, how do you find the springs? How, how do you know? I mean, he didn't use a divining rod. He didn't do any of those things. I said, Papa, how do you find the springs? And he said, I just look for a patch of ground with God all around it. I'm like, no, no, speak English here. <laughs> no, but as a child, I'm thinking, he said, Barbie, look for something green and growing and full of life. And he said, and then just move a little bit and let the water do the rest. Yes. Selah, to borrow Pastor Wing's word. Sometimes we just got to go look for God so that we can find the water we need to do the things that he's called us to do. Amen. And I don't know about you, but I need a lot of water. I need a lot of water to deal with the debris in my life. I've, I've always been tickled. I've always liked the, the movie Twister. I don't know why. I like natural disasters. What does that say about me? <laughs> but I love the. I get so tickled every time when he says, we have debris, and a cow goes flying by in the air, and I'm like, that's not debris. <laughs> so when I say I have debris in my life, <laughs> you know, you can picture whatever you want to. But anyway, I need a lot of water. And see, debris in your life is not necessarily bad because it's something that you've done. Sometimes you're just a part of a world that's a mess. Like right now, there are no leaves on your trees and most of them are in your yard. That's not your fault. You have debris. In my life, there is debris. And I need to get to the water source in order to have what I need to go and be other-centered. Does that make sense? Because if I don't have the water, I am very me-centered. I, I thought about uh, Rodney. I was going to go Pastor Rodney, but you are a pastor. So... Um, I was thinking about his teaching. He does this amazing teaching based on experience on all about me and uh, just the things that the Lord walked him through. And I found myself going there all the time this week thinking without the water of the Lord, that's exactly where I will wind up. No, I'm tired. I don't want to. I don't think I will. All of those I sentences that Pastor Ronnie told us not to use. <laughs> Do you ever look at a letter and every single sentence starts with I? Okay, miss, just me. Um, <laughs> I, 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 exactly right. <laughs> but I just got to thinking about I need to know, I need time in the presence of God to temper this flesh. I need time in the presence of God. Otherwise, I pour toward you with an empty pitcher. And that's pretty worthless. I'm sorry. But when you serve and serve and serve and serve and have nothing to pour, what are you really doing? You're making yourself feel better. Oh, I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this. 
And then sometimes we just serve to keep from thinking about all of the things that we're not doing that we were actually supposed to. If we can just stay busy enough, we won't pay that much attention to that big gaping God hole in the center of our spirits. If we can just do enough good deeds, then maybe I won't realize how empty I really am. And see, but that's not what God has for you. That is not what God has for you. God has abundant water for you. God is our source. He is our spring. He is that, that the, the image that I had in my spirit when pastor was teaching uh, the last couple of weeks, I kept thinking, but I got to run back to the well. I've got to run back to the well. I've got to go back to the waters. Then I can fill up the pitcher. Then I can go and pour. But then I've got to go back to the well. And then I'm going to go and I'm going to pour. But then I'm going to go back here. See, we get so busy over here that we forget to come back here. And here is what sustains us. You know, I have been saved. I have been washed by the blood of Jesus. I have been delivered from countless things in my life. So much has happened, but it is the presence of God. It is spending time in his presence that changes me. You know, his word, spending time in his presence, just brings me back into alignment It refreshes me. It renews me. It reminds me. And the saddest place we can be, in my opinion, spiritually the saddest place we can be is when we forget that first love. When we forget what drew us in the first place. When we forget why we're an elder, why we're a pastor, why we're a teacher, why we're working the nursery. When we forget that it's because we first fell in love with Him. When we lose sight of that, you can't lose that, guys. You can't lose that because I see Christians fall to the left and to the right and and falling through the cracks because they don't have enough supply to do what it is they're trying to do. But in Him there is an endless supply. One of the things the Lord has used in my life is to remind me to, to make sure that yes, I am a daughter of God. I am part of the bride of Christ, but I am also a servant of the Most High God. I am a servant of the Most High God. I am a handmaiden to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I have chosen in my life to serve Him first. And everything about my life should first depict that as a servant of God. My heart should live in that place. There are two words that, that are used in the word. There's a, the word shifka, and it's about a, a servant who has the role, who has the connection and the bond of family, but chooses in her heart to bow before and to serve. I love that. Hannah. Hannah was a shifka. She had made that choice in her heart to serve God from that place of humility. Ruth, Ruth talk, it talks about she was an ama, A-M-A. She was an ama. And when she went to Boaz in the threshing floor and she laid down at his feet and, and called him her kinsman redeemer, when she lay down at his feet and made herself a servant, asked him to cover her with his, with his cloak, with his, um, with his robe, she was taking the position of an ama. I am a servant by choice. 
I am a servant. I choose to walk humbly before you. I choose to bow myself before you. Because first and foremost, you are sovereign God. You are King of kings and Lord of lords. And there is none like you. Yes, he is your friend. Yes, you are a friend of God. But sometimes you need a God who can deliver you. Sometimes you need a God who is bigger than a friend. Does that make any sense? My friends couldn't save me. My God did. (laughs) My friends couldn't get me out of the messes I was in. But my God did. My friends tolerated my mess. My God didn't. He called me on it. And he continues to call me on it. And that's the God that I need. That's the God that I need. I need a big God. And see, time in his presence does that for me. Time in his presence allows me to come to know him in that way. And let me talk to you just briefly why you need to take the heart position, the heart position of a servant, a handmaiden, a shivka, an ama. There are blessings that belong only to those. Do you know in the book of Joel when it talks about in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh? You know, one of the passages there says, I will pour out my spirit on my servants and my handmaidens. There's a grace that is extended to the servants and to the handmaidens. You read about it in Samuel. In Luke, what did Mary say when the angel of the Lord appeared to her? Be it unto your handmaiden, even as you have said, to do according to your word. Understand that when you step into the position of a servant before your most high God, he begins to act in accordance with his will for your life according to his word. Don't you want that? See, so often we go to God and we go, this is the plan. Will you go with me? I just want to go, God, I want your plan. God, I don't, if your presence isn't going before me, don't take me up from this place. God, I will make an idiot out of myself. <laughs> if you don't go before me, you know what my tendencies are. So the honor of serving, the honor of serving I've not always been good at it, and I'm still not great at it. But the Lord really drove that point home to me when I was young, younger, whatever. And and I got a job as a waitress at the Ridge Inn restaurant. Okay, let's let's just put this in hypothetical terms so I don't look so bad. If someone were to get a job at a, as a waitress at a restaurant, it would be assumed that you would actually wait on people, right? That you would actually serve people. That bothered me. I mean, people were like, hey, can you bring me this? You know, I'm like, hey, are your legs broke? And, <laughs> and what I found out is that you can start a job and get fired from it in the same day. <laughs> yeah, hypothetically. I've heard that that can happen. So to say that serving hasn't always been my strong suit... <laughs> would be pretty accurate. Oh, but God. 
Oh, but God, see, when you, when you fall in love with him, when your heart becomes connected to his, you just want to do stuff for him. It's not about making people like you. You know, I'll do that, and then people will see that I've done that, and then everyone will be happy, and they will celebrate me. No. Most of the time, they're not going to notice that you did it, and they're definitely not going to applaud unless you did it wrong, and then they will notice. But when you fall in love with him and when he becomes the central focus of everything, now you can go and you can be a servant because you just do it because you love him. It's like he says, love these people because I love them. You're like, okay, that's awesome. I said a long time ago, if you tell me that you love me, I mean, you can just, oh, I love you. I just love hug, hug, pat, pat. But you see my child with a car broken down on the side of the road and you drive past them, you're lying. Because you don't love me if you don't love my child. Because <laughs> you don't know how much I love that child. Same thing in the house of God. God, I love you. God, I love you. God, I love you. That one's in a, a wreck on the side of the road and you drive right past them. If you love him, you will love his children. You won't tolerate his children. You won't talk about his children. You will love his children. I want people to show my children grace. I want children to go, ooh. I want people to look at my children and go, yeah, they messed up. Oh, but look at the God in them. Look at the potential in them. And that's what we need to be with one another. And you can't get there without water. So let me talk to you just a second about water. We're talking about living drenched. And I just want to, I, I put a few little letters together to tell you what time in his presence does for me. How I live drenched and am able to serve. W, W, the words of life. I need to get in his presence and allow him to speak words of life over me so that they will overpower the words that other people are saying over me. I need his words of life to overshadow and overtake and overrule the words that were spoken over me as a child. I need his words of life continually spoken over my life. And I will not have that if I don't just stop and listen to him. If I don't just stop and get in his presence and allow him to undo some of the stuff I've done, some of the stuff the world has done to me, some of the mistakes, I need truth in my life. In his presence, I find the words of life. The second thing that I find, A, is that he will bring me into alignment with authority in my life. There is nothing like stepping into the room with a sovereign God to make you take your right position. Only in his presence do we realize how small we actually are. I take authority. I take authority. I take authority. I've been given authority. You've been given authority. And I'm just too tired to take authority. I like that he is the authority and that I can draw from his wells to do what he's called me to do. Does that make any sense? There's some of you like, absolutely not. Um, but in his presence, in God's presence, 
I check myself. God allows me to go, okay, am I under the spiritual authority that God, am I in alignment? Am I cursing my head? Am I talking about the people that are over me? The people that are trying to speak into my life? Is there correction? Do I have their backs? Am I submitted to my husband? Because God has placed him over me. God has done that. Man didn't do that. God did that. God, am I walking the way that I should with him? And God aligns me with the authorities that God has placed over me. And in that, I take my rightful position. And I'm comforted in that, and I'm strengthened in that. The next thing he does in my time with him is tea. He teaches me, and he trains me. Those words of life begin to become a part of who I am in him. The word says he awakens your heart morning by morning to be taught of him every single day when you wake up and take your first breath God is ready to teach you something I love that keep a teachable heart he will awaken you in times with him allow him to teach you E, he will equip you. It is so cliche, but it is so true. God does not call the equipped. He equips the called. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he didn't look at your resume before he went, I'll take that one. Do you ever feel like, you know how when they used to choose baseball teams and you were the last one chosen and it was only because somebody had to take you? I never feel like that with him. I never feel like that with him. I always feel like each and every one of us are his first choice. He chooses you. And then he goes, oh, she's going to need this for the journey. I need to pour some of this into her. Oh, she's going to really need some of this and, and a lot less of that. And he begins to equip us because he equips us. <laughs> That's just the kind of God he is. So we have the words of life. We come into alignment with authority. He teaches us and he trains us and he equips us for the journey. And then our, in his goodness, he gives us revelation. Oh, some of us need one. I need constant revelation in my life. I need, I need to be able to go, God, what does this mean? God, what, what does this even mean? Or God, what's next? And some of you are in that place right now. That is so strong in my spirit. Some of you are in a different season now. And God's not clarified that for you yet. What's next? What's next? God has plans for you. Get in his presence and find out what they are. And begin to move in those things. Allow him to bring revelation in your life. And I I want you to know this was in my spirit earlier too. Everything that the enemy intended for harm in your life, God is going to take it and he is going to turn it to the good. There are some that are sitting in this room that are going, I can't serve because I did this. I can't move forward because I'm still bound to this. If you will allow him to, God wants to take all of that and turn it to good and use it in your life. He will give you revelation. And let me tell you, one other thing that God does, if we can get the band to come up for just a second, if you don't mind, I'm sorry, the worship team. There is this priceless thing that happens in his presence for me, and I need it on a continual basis. It's not enough to just have this once, but the thing that I need is when I go into his presence, and when I bow before him, 
He awakens, you know, the scripture says that he has written eternity on the hearts of men. When I go into his presence, it's like he awakens that eternity. He awakens that place on the inside of me. And in his presence, I'm reminded that this is not my home. This is not my home. This I'm passing through. I'm passing through. I'm on a pilgrimage. I'm headed somewhere. Are you headed somewhere with him? Are you going somewhere with him? In his presence, I'm reminded that all of this stuff that keeps me up at night eventually isn't going to matter. That it's not as big as my God. And if you choose to count worries to go to sleep, I would just encourage you. I would just encourage you to just set your heart at rest in His presence. That's what His presence does. There's scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about being at rest in His presence. And then from the very beginning of the word when Cain was expelled from His presence, He said, I will wander and be restless all of my days. And that's what happens to us. Outside of His presence, we become restless. We lose our purpose. We lose our focus on the things that are most important. And we will do and do, do and do, rule on rule and rule on rule until we are overtaken and fall back. That's what Scripture says. We can get so busy with the stuff that doesn't matter that we are overtaken by it. So today I call you back to the spring Springhouse, find your springs. Springhouse, begin to look for God. Springhouse, begin to look for patches of green with fruit and life in it and begin to sow into those places. Amen. We're getting ready to sing just a small thing. If you would stand. It was in my spirit that we would just go. His presence. Does anybody need His presence this morning? Anybody, just can I have a couple of prayer warriors over here? Actually, you know what I would love? Why don't you just come forward and let's just sing to Him? We're going to sing, I will exalt you, Lord. And if you'll just take some space, all of you, any of you, come on down. And we're going to sing. And, and just take this moment. Decide that today is your day to enter into His presence. We're going to lift our hands. We're going to lift our hearts. And we're going to go, I will bring you, make you first in this. I will exalt you, Lord. Go ahead, guys.
And I just want that to be the cry of your heart. There will be no one. Make that declaration this morning. There will be no one like you. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, Father God, for calling us back to the well. We thank you, Father, for calling us to the springs. We thank you, Father, that you are bringing us back to a place of supply so that we can truly live a life poured out, God, before you. May I offer you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, May he continue to trouble the waters so that you will know healing is available, so that you will know hope is available, so that you will know that the depths await you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Oh, I will